But if you found 2 Peter chapter number 3, if you're willing and able to, let's stand together. We'll begin reading in verse number 14, and we're just going to read down through verse number 18 to close out the chapter of Scripture. The Bible says in verse number 14, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless, and account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures, unto their own destruction." Ye therefore, this is talking to us as Christians now, ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware, lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer, and then you can be seated. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for the reading of the Word of God. And Lord, we're so thankful as we enter into this new year. Lord, as I was reminded that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Lord, as we went to bed last night, and Lord, we closed out a year of serving you, a year of faithfulness, and Lord, we woke up this morning ready to serve you afresh and anew. I'm thankful that you're the same. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, as the Bible says here, to grow in grace. And Lord, that this would be a year of tremendous spiritual growth in each and every one of our lives. Now have your will and way, if you would, and uh, do that which would be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. (coughs) Amen. You may be seated. It's hard to believe that we sit here at the beginning of 2023. Here it is, New Year's Day. I'm looking forward eagerly, listen, not even bashfully, I'm looking forward eagerly to this year. And uh, hard to believe we sit here 23 years removed from Y2K. And they never said that we would make it. And uh, how many remember where you were 23 years ago when the world was going to come to an end? And uh, remember, I mean, all the, all the computers were going to shut down and everything was going to go horrible. And uh, I was in church, by the way, on, uh, on Y2K. But here we are, hard to believe. And I know there's several that are here, and I'm not going to take a survey and ask, but several have probably decided that they're going to turn over a new leaf. They're going to make a New Year's resolution. Or maybe you've just decided you're just going to be a, a better you. We could all probably use that, couldn't we? There's many passages of Scripture. In fact, earlier this week on Twitter, some of the pastors that I follow out there, they'll start joking around on what passages of Scripture people are going to preach from for the first Sunday of the year. Behold, I make all things new. Or where the Lord said, a new thing that I do. Or I reach forward unto those things which are before. And we can look across the scriptures, and there's so many times throughout the scriptures that, yes, it talks about a new thing that's being done. 
But all this week, what's been ringing in my ear and my heart is this little phrase in verse number 18, where it says, but grow in grace, but grow in grace. And as we look at that, I want to look at some things in this passage of scripture of some encouragement for us to be able to heed as we go into 2023, which I'm not going to ask how many have already failed at your New Year's resolution. And uh, boy, I'm going to I'm going to eat better in 2023. Yeah, you lost that on the way to church when you stopped at Dunkin' and got a donut and a coffee. And uh, you say, well, it's over with it. I'm not even nine hours into it yet. But uh, listen, we're not talking about just turning over a new leaf. We're not talking about just being a better you. But when the Bible says to grow in grace. Now, as we look at the context of this scripture, I want us to understand what the verses are speaking of. These verses are actually speaking about the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we understand when it says back in verse number 10, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. In other words, the Lord is coming back. I want to remind us that there is a heaven that is waiting for each and every one of us that are a child of God. You see the simplicity that we close out one year, start a new year. At some point, time is going to be no more. At some point, it's going to be over with. And for those of us that have trusted Christ as our Savior, listen, because we've trusted Christ, we actually get to go to heaven and be able to spend it with our Lord and Savior. That's what we have to look forward to. And I know there's a whole lot more preaching and teaching that can be done on this subject matter, but the Lord is coming back. And if we're saved, we're going to be forever with the Lord is what the Bible teaches us. It's a great Bible truth to keep in mind that eternity is real and will be with Jesus. But it's because of this truth that's laid out here in Second Peter chapter 3 as, as Peter is encouraging these saints that they're going through persecution. There's things that are taking place in their lives and they're not living the easiest life at this point. And the Lord is reminding them through Peter, hey, listen, there is a better day that's coming. But until then, what is our responsibility? I believe it's the same responsibility that we have today when he says, but grow in grace. And I want to share a few things. I want to encourage us because I believe, and, and I, I, I'm not sure 100% why as of yet. I mean, I'm only 10 and a half hours into this year, okay? And uh, But why God's put it on our hearts that I believe this could be one of the greatest years, listen, spiritually for us. I'm not, I'm not saying physically, you say, pastor, don't you know what's coming? I mean, they just, the, the economy can't keep going the way it is. I'm not talking about economically. Okay. I'm talking about spiritually in our walk with God. There's been some big things that have happened over the past year. I think about the families that are here, some individuals that God has allowed us to be able to have contact with throughout this week, this year, and now they're, they're vital and integral parts of our lives. And I think, boy, it's been a great year. I can't wait to see what God's going to do this upcoming year. But I do know this, I want to grow in grace. 
I do know that I want to continue to get closer to the Lord this year and to be able to learn more, and we'll get to that here in just a moment. But I want you to see, we're going to look specifically at verses 17 and 18 this morning. I want you to see, he gives the encouragement here, first of all, that I believe we need to commit to stay with truth. He says, ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked. Can I remind us of this? And and I I know several will chuckle at this because I chuckled at it when it came into my mind, and I'm going to go ahead and say it now. Fake news is not just a 2022 thing. And when we look back over it and we say, well, there's those that would purposefully spread misinformation, may I say that's nothing new just because we're alive today. Now, now more than ever, I believe that there needs to be a commitment 100% to stay with what we know is truth and not error. And he gives the warning here, beware Now, if I see those words that are out there, beware, most of the time, it's because there's a dog on the other side of the fence. Most of the time, there's a a bull that's on the other side of the fence, and he's saying, beware, don't go walking through this this, this, uh, pasture right now. There's a bull that's out. Beware. It's a warning sign that is being put up for each and every one of us as we look at it here in the scriptures. Now he's saying, beware, lest ye also being led away with the error. Now listen, there's a couple things here. First of all, the persuasion of error, being led away. You ever had someone try to intentionally lead you the wrong direction? Now, here's what we did, and and I'll say it's mostly those over in Maine. How many Mainers do we have here? We got Brother Bobby over there. We got a few more, some maniacs. There was some uh, more more down east that were just country folk. They took pride, and I can't say I ever did this growing up in Maine, just be honest with you, that those flatlanders would come into the town. And when I say flatlanders, I mean people from Connecticut. And I mean, that's the extreme south for people in Maine. And they would actually come in there. And you know, some of these country folks up there, they would actually take pride in giving them the wrong directions. My wife's grandfather had a bumper sticker on his truck and he meant every word of it 100%. It said, welcome to Maine, now go home. And he meant every word. Now, Brother Norm, you're, you're, you're chuckling a little bit. You know exactly what I'm talking about. But they would actually get pride. There was a, a, a man, and, and he was a Christian man. I'd hate to see him if he wasn't saved, okay? But uh, he was a, a U.S. Postal Service delivery man, and he was sitting on the side of the road one day sorting the mail, and a, and a Connecticut car pulls up beside him. And the man motioned to roll down his window and he looked over at this man. He said, excuse me, sir. He said, do you know where such and such is? He said, yep. And rolled his window back up. That's all he asked him. He was just asking the question. And the man sat there, looked over and asked him to roll his window down. He rolled his window down. He said, sir, he said, can you tell me how to get there? 
Yep. And he rolled his window back up there. And he, this is the second time now. And then the man's getting irate now. He looks back over and rolls the window down. And he said, would you please, sir, tell me how to get to such and such a place? Now, listen, we chuckle at that. That's, I know Granite Staters never do that, okay? And uh, we don't take pride in sending them down a, a one-way dirt road that they can't even turn around at at the end of it because the bridge is washed out. I know we don't like to do stuff like that. But can I say this? The Bible's not talking here about some guy from Maine that my parents knew sending someone the wrong direction down the road and they end up in the mountain somewhere instead of at the coast. That's not what the Bible's talking about here. What Peter is warning about is those that would persuade you away from the truth that you know and is settled in your heart and saying, listen, you need to go this direction from it and being led away with the error of the wicked, that persuasion to be able to come. The people of error is the wicked. Listen, if someone's out there and they're intentionally trying to lead you in error, you better get away from them as quickly as you possibly can. You say, well, pastor, how do we know what is truth today? Boy, that's a big question that people are asking, isn't it? What is truth? Can I tell you the simplest answer that I can give you is this right here, the Word of God, the Bible. You say, well, should it be what pastor says? Well, listen, I do my best 100% that when I speak, that I'm going to speak the truth from the Word of God, but I'm going to let you in on a secret right now. I'm as much a human as you are. And, and there's been times, listen, that I've gotten it wrong. I, I know you're shocked. I'm just admitting it right now so that you have it for the rest of the year, okay? And we may not look to intentionally, but the only thing that will never be wrong in your life is the Word of God. And if you have God's word on it, listen, that's something you can take to the bank. And I, I talked with someone this week. I was downtown Concord, and God opened the door for me to be able to start this 20-minute conversation with someone. And I said, here's what we do. They're asking about our church. I said, every service, I guarantee you, I said, I'll stand up there. And I said, the word of God will be opened. And I said, it is not going to be your opinion. It's not going to be my opinion on what we think is right. I said, we're going to look at the Bible, and I said, what the Bible says to be true is what we're going to hold to. But there's those, listen, going into this year, I believe we need to settle it. You say, do I, do I understand everything? No. The Bible even says in the previous verse that there's some, there's some things you study through the Scripture, they're just hard to understand. That doesn't mean we give up on them. That doesn't mean we say we stop studying and we stop reading. No, we start saying, listen, it's in the Bible. I'm going to believe it. <clears throat> I may not understand every word of it, but that's where study comes in and that's where application and getting around saying, hey, let's learn this together. Let's study this out together and commit to truth this year that, listen, I'm going to stay with the word of God. I'm going to stay with what I know to be true. Peter said previously in his writings, he said, listen, he said, we heard the voice in the mountain. They were up there on the Mount of Transfiguration. They physically heard the voice of God. They got to see all the wonders. They got to see the miracles that had taken place. They got to experience all of that. 
But yet Peter closed out those few verses and he said this. He said, but we have a more sure word of prophecy. He said, we've experienced this. We've heard this. He said, but something that is more sure than my experience and the things that I've heard, he said, we have the word of God. We have the scriptures that have been given to us. And can I encourage us throughout this year, listen, get it settled in our hearts and lives that we're going to commit to truth going to commit to truth. You say, well, everybody around us, I mean, the news media, you don't know what to believe. I'll be honest with you. There's not, there's not one news outlet that I'll take as gospel truth nowadays. Not one. They're, they're, they're only pushing the stuff out there. that's going to bring them the money anyway. They don't have our best interest in mind. They get their bottom line. Okay. But when we come to the word of God, listen, it's truth. It's truth. We can hold to it. And listen, if the Bible says it's right, it's right. But if the Bible says it's wrong, it's wrong. It's it's as settled as that. Well, that's not what society says today. Listen, I'm not committing to society. I'm committing to truth. And the truth of the word of God, there's going to be those that will try to persuade us. And the Bible says with the error of the wicked. I'm going to commit to truth this year and say, this is what the scriptures have for me. This is truth. And so that means I'm going to try to do everything I can to learn more. But can I say this? There's a commitment to steadfastness here at the end of verse number 17. He said, if you're going to be led away with the error of the wicked, he said, listen, you'll fall from your own steadfastness. You know that word steadfastness, to be steadfast means to be constant, to be firm, to be stable or resolute. In other words, I'm not moving. Now, steadfastness, to be found faithful, and I wonder where it is in each and every one of our lives that if we're not careful, we'll get led away from the, with the error of the wicked and we'll fall from steadfastness. This isn't saying we lose our salvation. It means we're not as faithful as we once were. And it may just be that this morning that there are some that are walking in church on a Sunday morning. Hey, it's January the 1st. We're starting off a new year and I'm committing this year. I'm going to be more faithful even to church than what I was last year. But then there'll be some come along with them falsehoods and try to lead you away. Well, someone walked up to me in the past couple weeks. They said, listen, I'm one that believes you don't have to go to church to be a good Christian. I said, well, I don't have to go home to be married either. I said, but it sure makes it a whole lot sweeter when I do go home. Well, yeah, that's true. I said, just common sense. I said, I want to be, I said, where the Lord wants me to be, where the word of God is. And listen, there's areas of my life. I've already looked at them from this past year to be able to say, Lord, I want to be more steadfast and more faithful this year than what I was last year. I made mention of this on Thursday night. Listen, I always take this time. I think back over this year and I see where my failures are. And no, I'm not asking for your input right now. I look at where my failures are. Josh, honestly, I look and say, okay, where did I fail as a husband? I know, you go ask my wife. There's there's none. (laughs) 
She'd probably give you a whole list. We wouldn't have time for it this morning. I look at where I failed as a husband. I look at where I failed as a dad, where I failed as a friend, where I failed as a pastor. I look back over those things. You say, why is that? Because you know something? I want to come back and say we are starting over this year. And I want to make sure that I don't have those same failures and, and, and repeat them over and over and over again. But why can't I, I, I learn from them and say, Lord, listen, this year, I don't want to fall from steadfastness. I don't want to back up on being faithful. I want to be more faithful and a commitment to steadfastness. That I may not be able to do a whole lot, but I can be dependable. I can be faithful. I can be there. And what is it and where is it in our lives that we can look at and say, listen, I want to commit to truth, but then I want to commit to steadfastness. There are some places in our lives. There are some husbands that need to take inventory of their wife and their family and say, listen, as a husband and as a father, there's some areas we're going to be more steadfast. We're going to be more resolute. We're going to be more faithful this year than what we were last year. There's some young people that need to get some commitment in their lives and say, listen, I'm going to be more faithful in these areas and not just take it or leave it. As I look back over my life, there's some areas as a husband, as a pastor, that I say, you know, I, I might have fallen off in this area, but I need to do better this year. And I need to step it up and I need to do a little bit better. I need to settle it now that I'm going to be steadfast and I'm not going to fall away from that. I'm going to commit to be faithful. And you say, well, pastor, that might be difficult sometime. You know, there's just some things in my life that I've determined everything else is going to revolve around those things instead of me always changing it. Now, in my life, and you say, well, you have to do that. You're the pastor. In my life, one of those things is church. Everything else schedules around church. And I don't change that because I want to go to a ball game or I want to lay out and I want to go do something. No, that's just fixed in my life. Listen, when it comes to Sunday morning, there's no question in my life. You say, well, you got to be here. What would you think if I just didn't show up one morning, didn't tell anybody? Everybody's just sitting around waiting for pastor. Josh, it's on you if that ever happens. Why am I picking on Josh this morning? I don't know. <laughs> am, I, am I getting pretty good, Ashley, everything you told me? Okay. <laughs> but listen, imagine if I, if I just didn't show up. It'd be, it'd be people that would talk to me and say, Pastor, but we depend upon you to be there. I wonder in our own lives, listen, a commitment to steadfastness in our lives. But then let's get down to this phrase that the Lord had on our hearts. And I want to encourage us in this matter, a commitment to increase. He says in verse 18, but grow in grace. I believe this carries the meaning of the, the life that Christ allows us to live, that we're supposed to grow in grace, we're supposed to increase there. But he also says, and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I believe that this is a head knowledge of who Jesus is, but then it's also a practical living out of our Christian life that he allows us to be able to live. Grow in grace. So I started thinking back and I started thinking about the different areas of our life that we could look at. Some are just beginning on this Christian walk and just saying, hey, I'm brand new. You know, that's wonderful. There's nothing wrong with it being brand new. But you know what our commitment ought to be this year? I'm going to grow in grace. 
I'm going to grow. At least there's a commitment to increase and to be able to learn more. There was one couple that was saved years ago down in Florida. And some of you are probably going to say amen right here that I don't do this here at Granite State yet. There was a young couple that was saved down in Florida and they said, we didn't know a thing. They weren't raised in church. They were just country folks and weren't, weren't raised, didn't know anything about the Bible. And they both got saved. And they, they said, we knew we were supposed to be in church. We were faithful. We didn't know a thing. If you said, turn over to John, they would say, never met him. I mean, they just, that's how they were looking at the scriptures. And they said, our pastor looked at us and said, uh, Ricky, <clears throat> we need someone to teach the little kids Sunday school class. <clears throat> And so here's the curriculum with all the Bible stories in it. He said, we didn't know a one of them. He said, we didn't know that Jonah was in a whale. He said, we didn't know that there was a fiery furnace. We didn't know that Daniel got thrown in a lion's den. We didn't know who David was and who this Goliath guy was that he hit with a stone. He said, we didn't know any of that. He said, we were learning all of that at the same time we're studying it to be able to go teach the kids that week. And we're thinking, this is great. He said, that's how we learn the scriptures. We were handed a Sunday school curriculum and learn these stories and teach them to the kids this next week. He said, I don't know who was more excited. He said, we were, or the kids were, he said, to be able to learn about this stuff. He said, we were learning all of that. Now, listen, you say, well, that doesn't happen with me. I think the encouragement ought to be there. Look for an area you can grow this year. Can I remind us starting from right here that there's not a one of us who have arrived there's not a one of us that we would sit down and say, yeah, I know all that stuff. You can't teach me a thing. Now, some have that attitude. Some have that opinion of themselves. You say, oh, no, I'd never say that. Say it all the time in actions. That you don't have to teach me anything. Hey, you know what I'm looking? I'm looking at for, for someone who has done more than me, who has experienced a little bit more than I have. And you know what I do? I sit down and ask them and pick their brain. You know, we have these preachers come in throughout the year. We'll get ready for our, our spring conference, our Save New England meeting in April. You know, it's not just by chance of those preachers that are coming in. I pray about who's going to come in and preach at conference, be a help to our church. But can I say this? Who's going to be a help to me? And I sit down with those pastors. They've got bigger ministries than what we've got here. They deal with more people than what I deal with. There's more ministry that they deal with. They're around. You know what I do? I just ride along with them and pick their brain for the two or three days that they're here. And then sometimes we'll get done the meeting and I still have personal time with them. You know what I do? I say, okay, and, and believe it or not, I, I do this. I say, give me some critique. I said, tell me where I can improve. I said, tell me some pitfalls that you're seeing maybe around our church and our ministry. I said, help me on this. You know what that is? It's coming back to verse number 18 that I'm saying, Lord, would you help me to grow in grace? Help me never get to the point. And some of us need to look at our lives this year and say, listen, there are areas that I can grow and that I can learn. 
So, for example, on this, we were praying, Brother Kevin, to be able to pass his CDL test for driving that school bus. Do you know he had instructors that know more than he does be able to teach him and to be able to train him? He had never been a school bus driver before. Brother Joe, this past year, started driving a tractor trailer truck. He didn't just show up one day and say, I can take care of that. Don't have to tell me a thing. I've got it taken care of. No, he had instructors, people that would teach him something and pour into him. Why is it that we don't approach it this same way? Because sometimes I think we don't have enough humility to look at someone and say, you know something, I've never been this or done this before. I need to learn. I need to learn. Grow in grace. Learn more, it says, in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me ask you something. How long has it been since you learned something new about Jesus? Now, I'm talking about something new out of the Word of God, okay? Not what some, someone down on a street corner wearing a sandwich sign or something tells you about Jesus. That may not be the truth. Take it to the Word of God and make sure it's right, okay? But as we get into the scriptures, the apostle Paul said back in Philippians chapter number three, he said this, he said that I may know him. Do you understand he desired in his life just to know Jesus more and more than what he did previously? What area is it in our lives that we can commit to be more steadfast this year than what we were last year? What area of our lives is it that we can say, you know something, I need to grow in this area in my life. This area has been stagnant for a while. What do you do? We do it, we do it in every other area of our lives. If you're planting a garden here in about five months, and you start looking at these areas, and listen, that whole line is doing well of vegetables right there, but there's one little area in the middle, and you say that's not growing like it should, you start paying close attention to that part. You start adding a little bit more fertilizer there. You start adding a little bit more water just to be able to see if you can get that growing to be able to catch up with the rest of it. Listen, it's good time for us to be able to do that spiritually in our lives and say, listen, I've got some areas I need to grow in. And your pastor is not exempt from that, that every one of us need to take inventory and say, listen, I need to be steadfast in this area this year. I need to commit to that. I need to commit to increase in the knowledge and in my Christian life and say, listen, what is the next step? What's the next step in your Christian life? Hey, it may be, hey, I've got, I've got our connection groups. I've got Sunday school down. Boy, we're, we're making it every time. Boy, what a blessing. I think the class I feel the most sorry for is the Donahoe's class with that young marrieds, especially on New Year's Day. Kids stayed up a little bit later trying to roll them out of bed. I mean, you're trying to move Everest. I mean, you're trying to roll them, get them up, get them going. I think, was it Brother Matthew Frank said to Miss Hannah, said, are you, are you staying till midnight here at the church? Brother Matthew's out of town. He's preaching in prison. And uh, he said, are you staying there till midnight? And Miss Hannah said, are you going to be here tomorrow morning? He said, no, I'll be in Maine getting ready to preach. He said, then kids ain't staying up till midnight. He said, I'm not doing that by myself, she said. She said, ain't no way. She said, I'm taking them back, putting them to bed. Hey, listen, we can all look at things in our lives and say, we need to grow a little bit more. What is it? You say, oh, I've got this down. I'm here for the nine o'clock. What about taking the next step saying, hey, I wonder what it would be on a Sunday afternoon to be able to spend some time 
and to be able to get back into the Word of God. I wonder what it would be. We had someone this week, they came and sat here for the Thursday night prayer meeting and Bible study as we're going verse by verse through Philippians. And I talked to them downstairs. It was the first time she sat in service. Talked to her downstairs. She said, I'm going to be here every Thursday night now. And she said, I'm going to be upstairs, she said, so that I can learn and, and be able to, to know what's being taught in the Bible. I thought, you know, that, that's a step. That's a step. It's just something in our lives saying, where can I commit and where can I increase and say, Lord, I want to be able to do more than what I've done. Listen, no doubt in just about every person's heart and life, there's areas that they've looked at and said they need to correct for this coming year. No doubt there's something in your life that you said, you know, I want this to be different. Now, if you lived a perfect year, wonderful. Maybe you ought to stand up here and you can instruct the rest of us on how to do it, okay? But I'm telling you, I haven't lived the perfect year, but I'm glad I've got the truth of the Word of God that I can go back and the Holy Spirit of God is saying, okay, here's where you can increase and here's where you can, you can learn some and here's where you can step it up. Here's where you can commit more. And it might be the next step saying, hey, this is what you can do. Let's increase a little bit more. Growing grace, continue to go forward. Don't get stagnant in your Christian life. Keep that excitement there for being able to learn, to be able to increase, to be able to learn more about Jesus, always being where? that there will be those that will try to draw you away and lead you away with the error of the wicked. And you say, well, that's not quite what the Bible says. Can I say that closes down a lot of conversations when they say, well, you ought to do this and you ought to do that. Well, but that's not what the Bible says. So let's stick with the Bible. A commitment to truth, a commitment to steadfastness, and a commitment to increase this year. I wonder what areas God would speak to your heart about and be able to say, I don't, I don't even know. I'm just, I'm just wanting to grow. I'm wanting to soak it all in. I love the statements like this because I, I'm not saying it comes from me, but this is how I am, that there'll be people who say, I just want to do it all. There, there was one, and I'll give you this example. There was a new convert, a person who had just gotten saved, and uh, they called their pastor, and they said, Pastor, what's this thing? We see it on that envelope called a tithe. And so the pastor was explaining it to him, and he said, okay, he said, I, I get that. He said, that's how the church operates. He said, that's the finances, be able to take care of the church. He said, what's this thing about missions? And so the pastor started explaining about missions because it was on there and uh, how they're sending missionaries. All of these are missionaries we've sent out around the world to be able to preach the gospel. And he started explaining all of that. And, and finally, the man stopped him. He said, Pastor, would you just tell me how much money I'm supposed to give? Now, hear, hear what it was. He was just excited. He was just excited to be able to learn and be able to grow. And I'm asking the Lord for each and every one of us to be able to have that in our hearts in 2023 saying, Lord, would you help me to continue to grow in grace? Next year at this time, I don't want to be sitting back saying, I didn't learn a thing this year. I want to be saying, Lord, I'm so thankful for all that you taught me. Lord, the growth that you gave me in my personal life and for those that have been saved probably longer than I've been alive, every one of us still have avenues to be able to grow and to increase. And so may each and every one of us faithfully grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
Let's ask God where we can grow this year. I'm talking about spiritually now. Where can we grow? Where can we grow? Ask God to show us.